Well, hello and welcome everyone to the Bottom Line Me podcast. I'm Ann Allard, and I'm happy again to have my co-host Brenda Nelson here with me again today. Hey, Brenda, how are you? Hi, Ann. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so much. So I know one of the reasons that you're not always available to join me on our podcast is that you spend a lot of time teaching classes uh, out in the field on a variety of different subjects that are relevant to people in our industry. And I do know that fall is a time that has been designated by the National Association of Realtors as Realtor Safety Month. And I know this topic you often teach, you teach it to realtors, but I don't think it's just realtors who could benefit from what you're sharing when you when you actually teach these classes, because there's an awful lot of other professionals in our industry, like title agents, loan officers, closers, uh, and everyone who go out and meet customers or clients, sometimes outside of their office, and oftentimes during off hours. So I was thinking everyone could benefit from some of the things that you teach in this course. Anyway, I thought it would be a great topic for us today. It's a great topic. Great. Well, before we dive into the details, um, I know that the National Association of Realtors often gathers statistics on personal safety. Brenda, do you have any data on that that you could share with our audience? Yes, they do. Um, every year they put out a new survey and it's really interesting. Apart from that, U.S. Department of Labor considers real estate sales and leasing a high risk hazardous occupation, which I found surprising. Wow. But if you think about it, meeting strangers in an empty house or another location, it makes sense. But the safety survey, uh, survey that NAR has done um, reveals key findings. Um, they have down that 45,000 realtors were victims of a crime. Oh my and there's God. many more that felt fear for their safety while they were on the job. And unfortunately, many don't have any safety protocols in place. So you don't have any safety protocols in place for your safety. And that's what NAR and all the state associations, you know, the local or state associations, they are trying to change that. Wow. Well, wow, those numbers are quite staggering. I had mm -hmm. I had no they are. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive in and talk about it. What are some of the most common safety concerns or risks that real estate professionals face in their day to day work? Realtors most often feel unsafe, and there's some common situations that cause concern, and mm -hmm. uh, not surprisingly. Um, you've got people that become angry and they lash out or they um, act out and they send a, a threatening or inappropriate email or a text message or a phone call. And that makes the realtor or the real estate professional feel unsafe. Also, during a, a showing with a client, you know, meeting with a client for the first time at their home, um, going to properties that are in remote areas. Uh, open houses is very common. And then closings after hour, you know, you talked about it's not just realtors. It's also real estate professionals like closers. Right. And a lot of closers go out after hours or away from the office. And they that also creates a situation where there's some concern for safety. 
Well, and I, you know, it even makes me one think about a salesperson that's going into an mm -hmm. office where they're they're unfamiliar with perhaps anyone in the office or even the landscape right. around there. That um, some of the things that you teach in these classes could be very useful and helpful yes. to all people who are out meeting the general public. So, mm -hmm. yes. can you share some some of those strategies or best practices for personal safety that that you've shared? during your classes? Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. One of the most um, the most important one I feel is to create those safety protocols and put them in place. And the, the thing is, is that they need to always remember to follow them. So it becomes second nature. So when you're meeting a client for the first time, you know, explain that, you know, hopefully it's company policy, but I think you can you can use that phrase and say it's company policy that it requires you and I to meet for the first time in the office. And when you meet that person, also tell them that you're going to need some information from them in order to verify their identity, like through a driver's license. Right. right. So, you know, to me, a legitimate client is not going to refuse to provide that information. Geez, I um, think that's a really great idea, though, to, you know, to say that or to put in place a practice that the first meeting has to be in a location right. that um, everybody that is public. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a professional. You know, it, yeah. it's you come and meet me at my office. You can see my team. You can see who I work with on a regular basis. But there's also smartphone safety apps and there's one that you can do a basic background check. So you have the person come into your office and you meet with them for a few minutes and you pull the driver's license and you can use right. the app to run a very quick background check. It's going to give you, you know, their driver's license or their license plates. It's going to give you a criminal background mm -hmm. and it only mm -hmm. takes just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those apps is called Forewarn for Real Estate. Um, the other one of the other safety protocols, but it's not always practical, is to bring someone with you if you're fearful. So when you're go doing an open house, you can bring someone with you. Or if you're uh, going to show property, you can also bring someone with you. So those just a couple of best practices when it comes to safety. Yeah, I would think that that, you know, could e easily be considered even if you're a closer and you're going out mm -hmm. to someone's home, that um, it's probably a good idea to take somebody else along with you yeah. when yes. it's possible, when it's realistic. But you know. Right. So what about situational awareness? How, what, how does that play a role in this and, or how can people improve their own situational awareness? Well, it plays a huge role. Um, it really does. You need to be aware of your surroundings and be observant of any potential threats. And I think sometimes uh, we don't scan our environment. Um, we don't look around and um, make sure that everything looks right. Um, I think sometimes we don't ask the question, what's the norm for this current location? Yeah. So you're used to being at your office or you're used to being somewhere else. But in reality, what's normal for one area is not going to be normal for another. Mm -hmm. So if you were downtown versus you're in a small community, um, a rural community or just a, a suburb, it's going to be different than if you're downtown. So just be aware. Don't be complacent. Um, always look around. Always be aware. Um, other thing is, is that we get a gut feeling and then we tend wow. to ignore it. 
-hmm. we kind of brush it aside and we tell ourselves, ah, nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be fine. But really, they, they, they cannot ignore it. They shouldn't ignore it. Right. Um, ask yourself why you're feeling uneasy. Um, we need to stay away from tunnel vision also. You know, it's really tricky to um, think about it because you want the sale or you want the listing or you want that. Mm -hmm. um, that's what your job is. But right. you need to make sure that that's not the only focus. You need right. to not just say, I want that and um, get that tunnel vision. So it's really important to make sure that you scan your environment, that you don't, don't become complacent and that you don't get tunnel vision. Yeah, and I think complacency or, you know, distraction is one of the other things. I, I heard yes. a great quote the other day, um, and it went something like, be where your feet are planted. And so, you know, it's so easy That's... for us to be distracted and, mm -hmm. and then just miss some of these things that are around us. Like if I'm on my phone or um, checking you know, an email or just doing something that's distracting and I'm not scanning what's going on around me. Um, uh, I think that was a great little quote and I, it's one that I'm going to keep in mind for in lots of situations. Well, think about it when you've got, um, you're walking down the street and you're looking at your cell phone, how many times you almost run into somebody. I mean, that could be yeah. the danger, the person that's right. dangerous to you. And so it's very true that you, you need to be aware and um, scanning the environment. Right. So to talk a little bit more about, you know, your suggestion of um, taking someone with you when you can, let's say that that's just not an option. Are there some, you know, key communication protocols that you would recommend or suggest people aspire to? Well, communication is key. You know, you need to let someone know where you're going. You need to let them know the exact address and you need to make sure who, they know who you're with and they need to know that person's cell phone number. So not your cell phone number, but the person that you're with and make oh. sure that you make arrangements after that visit, you know, when you're going to show a house or mm -hmm. go to an open house or what have you, make arrangements to call after you know, after the appointment's over, after the open house ends, make sure to call someone so that they're aware that, you know, you're safe, everything went well. Mm -hmm. Also make sure your cell phone, this is common sense, but you have to say it, uh, make sure that your cell phone is fully charged. Oh, geez, um, it's happened to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, as far as communication goes, is a lot of things that I've read and one of the keys that I talk about is have a code or a keyword or a key phrase so that when you feel like you're threatened or you feel like you're unsafe, go ahead and call someone and alert them to the danger or that you feel fearful and use that word or phrase. So an example would be, you know, I'm calling about the blue folder that's on my desk. The person would know that blue was your code word or blue folder was your phrase. So always stay in contact but also think about things you can put into place that would um, alert someone to danger that you feel. Awesome. Are there any other tools or technologies that you recommend or that, um, that you've used that would help enhance someone's safety? Well, I'm the one I've mentioned before, you know, the free form, that one is real good. Um, there are, 
so many people moving around the country right now that you don't get referrals from people that you know. You really do have strangers coming into your office, people that you've never met before. Um, so again, asking and receiving of ID should be required. That uh, just across the board, um, you can use an app like Safe Showing, where the agent stores the prospect's ID before showing an act, they can activate a distress alert. Um, you could also go so far as using the one I mentioned, Freeform, where you actually do a background check, just a real quick background check to see who it is that you're going to be meeting with. Um, one that I thought was really neat was Agent SafeWalk. And that is where an agent's never going to feel alone. A closer is never going to feel alone when they're at an appointment, because what they do is they virtually introduce the person to their uh, safety partner. And so that person is on the screen in real time live and an agent can upload the client's ID to that app as well. But it's where they aren't going to feel alone and the person that they're with will know, oh, there's someone else watching. There's someone else observing and hearing what we're talking about. So these are just a few things that you can put into play. Yeah, that's that sounds. What was the name of that again? That sounds like that was called important. Agent SafeWalk. Wow. Great. Good. Good. Well, any final thoughts before you bottom line us on this one? No, I, I will just bottom line you. Um, you know, the bottom line to me is that real estate professionals in reality do fear, do feel fearful at times mm -hmm. with new clients in certain situations. And there's a lot of awareness now on safety and education regarding that. Um, there's classes to be taken to teach you to be more more aware of your surroundings. There is um, also classes on uh, self-defense. So you can take those as well. But it's really great to see the progression from when I got into real estate, you know, over the years going from um, little opportunity for protection other than um, self-defense, that type of thing, right. to having all these options to protect yourself in the field. So I think Bottom line would be definitely look into the, the things that are available to you, take classes and um, implement, definitely implement safety procedures at the very beginning, get used to uh, doing those on a regular basis so they become a habit. Great. Well, Brenda, thanks so much. This was really informative and I think our audience will appreciate all the ideas and the suggestions that you've made here. So. You are welcome. Yeah. To our audience, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. And until we meet again, may you continue to learn, grow, and prosper. And as the, um, the actor in the old series Hill Street Blues used to say, uh, <laughs> let's be careful out there, folks. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thanks, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you.